what up what up folks what's going on welcome to episode 108 of the spun today podcast i'm your host tony ortiz thank you very much for listening in this episode i speak about reading the obstacle is the way by ryan holiday the tipping point by malcolm gladwell a very profitable investment by kobe bryant which happens to be my favorite basketball player of all time the surprise kamikaze album that eminem dropped which happens to be my favorite rapper of all time, as well as Eminem's four-part interview with Sway. It's an episode chock full of goats. Stick around. For those of you that are new to the podcast, there's a couple ways you can help support. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting platform. Another way you can help support the podcast is by shopping on Amazon. But instead of going to Amazon.com, go to SpunToday.com and click on the Affiliate Links tab on my website. There you'll see an Amazon banner. Click that and it'll take you to Amazon.com. There you'll do your shopping like you normally do and it will not cost you anything extra. But it will help support the podcast just for driving traffic to their website. The Obstacle is the Way is a book by Ryan Holiday that was very well received. It has great reviews, thousands, if I'm not mistaken, with over four stars. Actually, I don't have to be mistaken, right? We have the power of the internet, and I am in front of a computer. I can look it up right now. It'd be a little more accurate. Yes, it has over 1,200 reviews for a rating of 4.6 out of five stars. That's pretty damn good. Ryan Holiday, I've spoken about in the past. I subscribe to his newsletter. I've listened to a couple of his interviews. And I wanted to read his stuff. This was the first book of his that I actually read. And by read, I mean listen to the audiobook. And I don't want to say that I was disappointed. It wouldn't be fair to say that I was disappointed. Because, full disclosure, I did not give it my full attention. I concede that from the jump. I listened to it while often being distracted by scrolling through my IG feed or Twitter feed and clearing emails on my phone, which is no way to take in an audiobook. You know, you can get away with that with a, like a passive podcast or music, but if you listen to an audiobook, you should concentrate on it, meditate on it, if you will. I have since corrected that behavior with other audiobooks that I've gone on to read. And I'm noticing a difference. But to be sure that it wasn't just the the book itself and the fact that it's so well received that I happen to like uh, Ryan Holiday or what I know of him, it's definitely a book that I'll go back to and give another listen, give an actual thoughtful listen to. But that said, it didn't grab my attention from those distractions and I didn't take any notes on it. Like normally when I listen to a book or when I read it, when I read a book, I usually highlight with, you know, a physical highlighter. And when I am listening to an audiobook, Audible has this great feature where you can bookmark and save clips of the audio and actually write a note while you clip the exact, you know, couple lines or line or two that made you write that note. 
and it gives you a nice summary of all all your clippings and and notes at the end which is pretty dope and when i you know listen to an audiobook i usually do a lot of that but i didn't do any of it for this book and it wasn't that i was bored the book didn't bore me and you know i didn't hear like any advice that made me like roll my eyes like what the hell is this or anything like that and although i agree with the premise of the obstacle being the way and you know pretty much hard work is the road to wherever it is that you want to be, wherever it is that you want to get. I didn't feel that it was anything that I hadn't heard before. But again, take that with a huge grain of salt because I didn't give it my full attention. I know there's tons of stuff that I missed. I'm just giving you my feedback from what I did listen to and my takeaways from it. Since I said I would when I said that I was reading the book. That said, I'm sure I'll do another review when I re-listen. Next up is The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, coming in at over 2,600 reviews and 4.3 stars. Another very well-received book. Malcolm Gladwell is a prolific writer and an absolute master of his craft. Now, again, when I switched up my, and I'll tell you guys what I did after this review, when I switched up my listening habits, if you will, to pay, you know, focus and pay more attention to what I was reading, I did so towards the tail end of reading the, or listening to the tipping point. So again, I don't have much to say on it, which is sad for, again, such a well-received book, but... I did get a little something, and it's definitely on the re-listen list. So the main through line of this book was the concept of connectors, mavens, and salesmen. And the idea that companies or ideas and concepts that are successful, that are on the other side of the tipping point of becoming successful, becoming known, becoming what they're initially intended to become, have these three constants within them. Connectors, mavens, and salesmen. Mavens are connoisseurs. It's another word for connoisseurs, which is another word for you know someone that knows the ins and outs of something. Of something. So... What Gladwell does is give a bunch of different examples of different companies and and stories. Like, for example, uh, he illustrated how these uh, concepts time and time again come to fruition and used the example of Paul Revere's ride of alerting the British when they were coming. And my favorite example that he used was an example of Gore-Tex, uh, the company which I'll get back to in a second, but he pretty much says that there are three essential pieces to this successful puzzle, which is three different types of people. Connectors, which are people that connect people with the concept or ideas. Mavens, or connoisseurs, which are the people that know the ins and outs of the concept or idea or product, or whatever it is, and salesmen, 
people that can sell that idea to the masses. And it was just really interesting to me the way he weaved that narrative of those three constants through a bunch of varied examples and highlighted who the connectors were or was, who the mavens were or was, who the salesmen were or was in specific situations. He describes how connectors can be like mouthpieces for an idea and they put people in the know about certain things. You know, they're not necessarily the salesman of the product. It could just be somebody that, you know, tried something or saw something or heard something and thought that somebody else might like it and they connect, you know, the eventual consumer to the actual salesman of the company. And then you have mavens and connoisseurs, which are the people that come up with all the ideas and product, if you will, within the specific company. And then the salesman, you know, seals the deal. Salesman can't do what the maven does. The maven can't do what the salesman does. The connector can't do what the maven does. You know, for the most part, you know, you have savants that can do all three or, you know, people like uh, Steve Jobs that was a maven and a salesman. I guess I would say the connector too, right? Within Apple. Um, one com- But one example in particular stood out to me because I just didn't know about it and wouldn't have known about it. And he speaks about Gore-Tex, which is a $2.4 billion high-tech materials company. You know, they make like jackets, like Gore-Tex jackets or coats. They make boots and, and clothing they are consistently over the past 57 years that they've been in business voted by fortune magazine to be the top 100 companies to work for and they apparently have outstanding returns quarter after quarter year after year and gladwell breaks this down to the culture of the company which although it's a big company it's broken down into a small team structure. And Gladwell argues that this allows for connectors, mavens, and salesmen to interact with each other. It's more of a personal or personalized feel. More gets done this way. The salesman that is trying to sell may not understand something and he can walk over to the maven that explains certain details to him right there on the spot there's less bureaucracy which allows connectors from the it department for example to interact with the legal department more fluidly and hence they avoid stifling red tape and i thought that was pretty interesting it was an interesting read i really like malcolm gladwell it's another uh, newsletter i subscribe to which is his and listen to his podcast, which is called Revisionist History. I love the book Blink. And um, it's definitely a book that's going to also warrant a re-listen. But check it out. The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. All right, now let's go to the GOAT, Kobe Bryant. Did you guys know that he won an Oscar for Dear Basketball? Did you know that Kobe Bryant won an Oscar? It's insane. For those of you that don't know, a year before Kobe's retirement, 
he announced his retirement by writing a letter entitled Dear Basketball. And he made it public, shared it, and then started his final year of playing in the NBA. And it was kind of like a like a farewell tour. And I actually saw them that last year when he at the Barclays Center when he played the Nets. And it was cool to finally see him for the first and last time for me. And for those of you that dare say that he's not the greatest ever, I remember on my birthday, April 12th, I forget what year, when Kobe tore his Achilles. After doing so, he got up and limped to the foul line and sunk both free throw shots. If that doesn't embody the GOAT right there, I don't know what does. For you Jordan fans out there, you know, compare that to the fucking flu shot game or whatever the fuck you guys call it. Um, But anyway, so this letter that he wrote, someone created some animation to go along with it. That animation, along with Kobe's letter and uh, Kobe's narration, became an Oscar winning short film which is about I think it's like five or six minutes long or not even I think it's like four four to five minutes long and it's just Kobe Bryant reading the letter over this animation which is playing out what he's describing in the letter and I'll link to it in the episode notes for your viewing pleasure and I just thought that was so dope it blew my mind now in another boss move Kobe Bryant made a $6 million investment in a sports drink company called Body Armor. He made this investment in 2013 and became the number three shareholder in the company by doing so. Now, it's a sports drink similar to Gatorade and Powerade. And long story short, this $6 million investment became or yielded a $200 million return. $200 million return after Coca-Cola agreed to invest and become a minority owner in the company. And I don't remember what the, what the exact percentage was of Coca-Cola's investment, but I think it was like five or 10% or something like that. And at a shitload of million, which pretty much bumped up Kobe's $6 million investment to a worth of $200 million. Kobe Bryant, the GOAT, still winning, still killing it out here in these streets. And next up is another GOAT. The rap god Eminem dropped a surprise album called Kamikaze. Shout out to my brother David that put me onto it before I even found out like through social media or anything like that that he dropped a surprise album which was a cool move it's it's kind of like the like the og thing to do now you know jay does it beyonce does it and in the climate of this new era that we're in you know not just in music or not just in hip-hop but like in politics and entertainment in general 
There's so much content, so much good content, so much bad content that everything is fleeting. Everything is quick. Everything is now, now, now. And we've lost a bit of the appeal that went along with the flair of anticipation or building anticipation and announcing that your album's going to come out on X date and dropping a couple singles before the album comes out and dropping a couple music videos and stuff like that. Like that doesn't work the same way anymore. But the surprise, you know, like mic drop type of just drop your album on the fucking world type of thing seems to because it catches people off guard and they're like, oh shit. And it doesn't give people a chance to pre-criticize the album like they did with Eminem's uh, previous release. Revival, which dropped in December of 2017, which if you guys uh, know me, you know that I'm a huge Eminem fan. I even like the D12 Devil's Night album because I'm completely biased. <laughs> but um, even I knew it wasn't his best work. And it was dope. I mean, it was good, but it definitely wasn't a lot of the Eminem that I most like, which is the angrier, cockier, I'm the shit version of Eminem. The I can wrap circles around everybody and their mother, Eminem. The Eminem from most of the tracks in the Eminem show. The I am Eminem. The Marshall Mathers Eminem. The Renegade Eminem. The Forever Remix Eminem. And I'll get back to that in a second. The No Love with Lil Wayne Eminem. Which to me really is his greatest verse of all time. But this Kamikaze album is chock full of that version of Eminem. So it was like a fucking lyrical wet dream for me. And it's absolutely true to the... One of the lines in the Eminem show where he says... The track is on some battle and rap who wants some static... And he takes it back to the essence, to that battle rap shit, and goes at a shitload of people. And pretty much the most vocal critics of the Revival album, such as Machine Gun Kelly, which is actually one of the only people that has responded on Wax, you know, putting out a couple tracks against them, and then came back since then with another one called Killshot. Um, who else? He goes at Lord Jamar. He was, uh, he's, he's always been vocal. Eminem is not, is overrated just because he's white. And, you know, in a bunch of like Vlad TV interviews, Charlemagne, Tyler, the creator, Joe Budden, DJ Academics, Be Real from Cypress Hill, I believe. At least I, I haven't heard too much from anyone else about that, but I picked up on that in the album. And I thought, and other people thought as well, that he went at Drake with um, a couple lines, but one specifically where he says, you got views, my views are higher than yours. So when we talk about views, you get overlooked. And, you know, Drake had an album called uh, Views from the Six. He calls himself, himself the Six God. Um, so that's why people attributed that line and 
uh, one about uh, ghostwriting to Drake. Because Drake has used ghostwriters. However, in the interview that Eminem had with Sway, which I'll get to right after this, he says that uh, he didn't uh, intend any of those lines uh, for Drake. Well, actually, specifically, he said the ghostwriting line. He said he didn't uh, intend that to Drake. He was just speaking about the ghostwriting in this era in general because it seems to be like widely accepted. He said that he wouldn't go at Drake because Drake did something for one of his daughters that he would always appreciate. And, you know, pretty much because of that, he wouldn't cross that line with Drake, which is pretty cool. Shows, uh, shows some loyalty, which you've always gotten a sense of from him. Which is probably why the Joe Budden thing hit so hard because, you know, Joe Budden was signed to to his label and Joe Budden was at first not a big critic, you know, not a not, not as vocal as he became about the album. What else? The oh, the track he did with Joyner Lucas is my my favorite one on the album as of right now. Uh, I played that during episode 107 of the Spun Sunday podcast. It was the the beach episode that I did with my boy Pablo. I played Eminem's verse to that song on in the outro. That was the outro song. Uh, so go back and check that out, or just YouTube the song. You know, it's a it's a really cool video that that they have actually that they they put out for the song, and it's kind of funny and it's dope. It's just a a dope. Uh, duo right there and i first heard of joiner lucas from an everyday struggle interview that i saw him on and then i decided you know i kind of liked his perspective in the interview so i decided to look up some of his music and i stumbled upon a video that instantly made me a fan just because of how creative it was and it was called racist i believe is the name of the song it's pretty much, uh, if you Google it, Joyner Lucas Racist, it'll come up. And it's um, uh, a chubby white guy with a Make America uh, Great Again, a MAGA hat on. And he starts talking, and he's sitting in a table, at a table, and you just see the camera on his face. And he's just talking about like black people and pretty much all the stereotypical, pretty much the stereotypical point of view what you would think the stereotypical point of view of a white person would be about black people well articulated and seemingly engaging in constructive dialogue with the black person that's sitting on the other side of the table then the perspective shifts to the black person equally as articulate about stereotypical what you would think the black point of view is about the white person in a seemingly constructive open dialogue type of situation which is cool because it kind of gets you thinking in that direction of kind of like a way or a path rather to understanding each other in general and it's just interesting to watch and to try to digest the points that each side is making. It's like, oh, I agree with that. Oh, and I agree with that also from the other side. Oh, I don't agree with that. Oh, I don't agree with that from the other side. And vice versa. Anyway, and 
in this video, Joyner actually shouts out Eminem twice. Once from the white perspective and once from the black perspective. Like each one of them use Eminem as to make some point. Like the white guy says, and fuck Eminem, you guys can have him. He ain't white no more. Some shit like that. And the black guy says something to the effect of, you know, Eminem drawing the line in the sand and standing up for our, our side is really important. Anyway, I'm sure that helped. But anyway, Eminem said that he also loved the creativity from that video and that he was onto uh, Joyner's music. And that video um, is what made him want to do a track with Joyner. And he said that Joyner takes you on a journey with his music that you don't snap out of until the song is over. And that's exactly when I heard Eminem say that. I was like, that's how I fucking feel about Eminem's music. Like, whatever the story is, whatever the pictures they're just painting, I'm like completely in it. Like, Joey from Friends in his map in London, completely in it. And I don't snap out of it until the song is over. And they made a really, really dope track together. Definitely one of Eminem's top collaborations from, you know, up there with the likes of Renegade with Jay-Z and No Love with Lil Wayne. This track is definitely up there. And again, watch the video because the video is cool and it's funny. Oh, one thing that was sad to, to listen to was Eminem's song to D12 where he pretty much told each of the members of D12 that the group is over and that he'll always have love for them. You know, they're, you know, boys since like childhood, but that it's not the same anymore. The group isn't a group anymore that, you know, there's not going to be like another D12 album or, or anything like that, but that he'll do everything in his power to, uh, support them in whatever their next endeavors are in the future and you know it's a classic you know wear his heart on his sleeve eminem song like similar to like the songs about kim or his mom not the ones that he's like killing them but the ones that he's like really introspective and and um wearing his heart on his sleeve type of thing so that was sad to hear but also made sense at the same time like if you follow eminem and his career and what he's up to and stuff like that and what those guys are up to it's like definitely not on the same page and then something dope that i i didn't pick up on until i saw like a video breakdown of like one of the songs or or some of the the lyrics rather from the album and the video pointed out a line where eminem says that sorry sorry if he took forever and by took forever, he's referring to, he took the song, you know, it's like a subliminal. He took the song forever from, meaning he like overtook and, you know, did better than the other three rappers that were on that song, which were Drake, Kanye, and Lil Wayne, which he absolutely did. But to just say it like that, if it is true, it's pretty cool. Pretty dope. <laughs> And that's like the, the, um, the shit, um, that I definitely like to see, you know, in the spirit of hip hop and competition. 
it's a dope album man check it out called kamikaze and he speaks about it a lot in this interview with sway now the interview with sway got some shit because and i was a little annoyed at first too uh because the interview dropped in four different parts on four different days like back to back to back and it was like why not drop like the whole shit in one shot but you know what i kind of like it because it made it more digestible um it was like 15 minute chunks and i mean now that the video's out you know after those four days it's like that's it you could watch you could binge watch it you know you could watch the the full interview back to back anyway from here until eternity so it's a moot point after the first four days but within the first four days you kind of have that ability to control people ingesting it you know they take it in 15 minutes at a time and they have to digest it they you know you let it marinate you let some of the things that were spoken about like settle and i feel like kind of like more stayed with me from that interview than other interviews that i liked like for example jay-z's interview on rap radar which i saw like in one shot like the whole thing so there's something to that it's also similar to like the ufc embedded like uh for those of you that aren't UFC fans that may have seen like a boxing 24 seven type of thing where they follow the boxers around, uh, before the fight and they show like a series of a few days worth of that. The UFC's version of that is called embedded and they release it, you know, like the five days leading up to a big fight and they do it, you know, that way as well, which they release, you know, one video on day one, another video day two, another video day three, and so forth. And then the next day is the fight. And I don't know, I actually like anticipated them. I looked forward to them. I looked for them because I wanted to continue the interview and finish it. It definitely builds anticipation. Just like those 24 sevens made me want to watch many a boxing event, uh, as do the the uh, UFC embedded. So there, there is something to it. Even though I love long-form interviews, it's like this way you can have both. You can have the short, digestible, anticipation-building aspect of the interview. And then after the four days, you have your long-form interview. So best of both worlds. Also, it was cool to see, since M doesn't do a lot of interviews. But, you know, Sway is one of his guys. He's on Shade 45, which is Eminem's uh, serious station on satellite radio, Sirius satellite radio. Uh, so I'm sure it was a, a comfortable setting for him. And in that interview, you know, he said certain things like, you know, he broke down, you know, people that he went at and stuff like that. And the reasons why, and spoke more to the D12 thing and stated how proof, which is, was a member of D12 that, that was killed, how he was like the glue that whole, that held, like that group together and you know with his passing you know things just unraveled and people lost touch and and you know it's a powerful sad situation so it's understandable or m's a piece of shit and i'm just an m&m apologist i don't know i'll let you decide that's also where he said that he wouldn't go at drake and that the ghostwriting lines weren't about drake etc 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 a lot of gems I also link to part one of the four-part interview in the episode notes of this podcast 
for uh, you guys to be able to listen and find it. And from there, I'm sure you'll find your way to, to parts two, three, and four. And that said, I'd just like to wrap up the show with something I don't normally do, but since this episode happens to drop on her exact birthday, I just want to give my wife a happy birthday shout out. It's been a great year for us in getting our first place together and then having our first baby together. And I'm very thankful that you're in my life. Thankful that you're my wife. See what I did there? I love you very much. Wish you the happiest of birthdays. And can't wait to continue building our futures together. Happy birthday, babe. That is the episode, folks. Listen to some tunes in the background. And then wait to hear on a myriad of ways you can help support the Spot Today podcast. This was episode 108. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and really appreciate you for listening. More alive than I have been in my whole entire life. I can see these people's ears perk up as I begin to spaz with the pin. I'm a little bit sicker than most. Shit's been again, thick again. They say the competition is stiff, but I get a hard dick from the shit now. Stick it in. I ain't never given in again. Cross into the wind, complete freedom. Treat them so why the fuck would I join them when I beat them? Yeah. They call me a freak cause I like to spit on these pussies for I eat them. Man, get these whack cocksuckers off stage. Where the fuck is Kanye when you need them? Snap the mic from them, bitch. I'ma let you finish in a minute. Yeah, the rapper's tight, but I'm finished yeah. with the greatest verse of all time. So you might wanna go back to the lab tonight and um, yeah. scribble out them rhymes you were gonna spit and start over from scratch and write new ones. But I'm afraid that it ain't gonna make no difference when I rip the stage and tear it in half tonight. It's an adrenaline rush. You feel the bass dump from the place all the way to the parking lot. Would you like to receive a short email from me once a week? You know that feeling you have on a Monday at work when you have absolutely nothing to look forward to except for lunch? Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost Letter is here. In this short weekly newsletter, you will receive five things. One is a photograph of the week from a photographer, a podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts, dozens and dozens of podcasts, hundreds of episodes. And I cherry pick the best ones and I share them with you here. You'll also receive a video of the week, which could be anything from a rap battle to a TED talk. You receive a quote of the week, something to let marinate in your mind. And a word of the week so that you and I can both step up our vocab. So if any of that sounds of interest to you, check it out. Check out the subscribe page at spuntray.com forward slash subscribe. Drop in your email address and you'll receive the very next one. For any writers or creatives out there, I have a questionnaire. It's a five question questionnaire that anyone is free to fill out. 
It's located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. And what it is, is five open-ended questions related to your craft. It's things like what inspires you to write or create whenever you don't feel the inspiration to do so. What are your favorite apps or tools or tricks to trick yourself into getting into the mind state of actually creating? What inspires you, etc., etc., stuff like that. And what I do with your responses is share them on a future episode of the podcast. Now, you can choose to remain anonymous if you choose to. You have that option right there when you fill out the questionnaire. And if you do not choose to remain anonymous, I give you a shout out on the podcast and promote for free whatever it is that you have going on. So I appreciate you in advance for sharing that with me, as well as the rest of the listeners of the Sponsor podcast, which would stand to gain from you filling out the questionnaire. Now, you can help support the podcast in a myriad of ways. One way which does not cost you anything and is most popular within the podcasting community is by shopping on Amazon using my affiliate links banner. So the way that works is you go to sponsorate.com forward slash affiliate links or just click on the affiliate links tab at the top center of the page. And there you will see a banner for Amazon. You literally just click on that and it takes you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It does not cost you anything extra, but Amazon will give me a kickback just for driving traffic to their website. So that would be a big help. It literally costs you nothing extra financially, just costs you a couple of extra clicks of your mouse before you do your Amazon shopping. The iTunes banner that's on that same page works the same way. So if you're purchasing music or movies or whatever it is on iTunes, feel free to go through my affiliate link portal there as well. If you want to make a one-time PayPal donation, feel free to do so. There's a PayPal donation button on there as well. Within that same tab, you'll also find a link to the Spun Today Viral Style Store. Now, the Viral Style Store is a store where you can get Spun Today merch, whether it's a coffee mug or a t-shirt that I personally designed. And spoiler alert, I'm no... I don't know, Ralph Lauren or, you know, whoever designs Gucci stuff. (laughs) But I did create the design of those shirts myself. I have a couple t-shirts on there. One that says, for example, right need every day, which is a playoff of Snoop, Dre, and Nate Dogg's smoke weed every day. So it's right need every day. It's like a puff cloud of smoke behind it. I have a podcast versus everybody t-shirt and uh, just stuff like that. So check it out. The link to the viral style store is also there. You can also help support the podcast on a reoccurring basis. If you become a Patreon supporter. Now, Patreon is pretty cool and it's there's a little um, video explanation of what it is and how it works, but I'll try to do my best to summarize it here. Basically, you sign on to Patreon, which is a free service, free account, and you can support not just myself, but any other uh, podcasters or creatives that also have Patreon pages. And you can choose to, for example, donate a dollar to them on a per episode basis. So the Spun Today podcast has two uh, episodes a month. So if you donate a dollar to it, it'll be two dollars a month, basically. And you set it up and it just happens automatically on a reoccurring basis. There are zero fees. You can cancel at any time. No hassle, no bullshit. And it's uh, it's a cool way to help support and is much appreciated. 
and also it's not just like a for example uh, a paypal donation which is just that but through patreon it allows the creator in this case being myself to set up a reward system if you will so if you donate a dollar per episode you are considered a tier one supporter if you donate three dollars per episode you are a second tier supporter etc etc and it goes up to four tiers and each tier gets different things like uh, tier one gets a free spun today bookmark and a shout out on the podcast tier three gets uh gets those two things from tier one as well as a free writing piece that's not posted on on my website or available to anyone else etc etc so check that out if you will and uh, visit my patreon page at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash spun today another great amazing way to help support the podcast is to rate and review it this costs you absolutely nothing whether you listen on itunes on stitcher on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, on pocket casts on overcast on player fm on google play on youtube on tumblr or if you listen on Podbay or any other of your favorite podcast apps, please rate and review the episode. It really is the number one way to help the show gain traction, gain exposure. You know, you could also share it with friends or family and tell them, yo, check out what this idiot is saying. Some of it is actually pretty good or it all fucking sucks and you should listen and laugh. But as long as you're listening, <laughs> it would be much appreciated. So rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you listen follow me on twitter or on instagram at spun today like the facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash spun today subscribe to my youtube page as well all podcast episodes are available on youtube as well as clipped versions for example with the random rant episodes you know i speak about a bunch of different topics instead of having the full episode alone which is also available on youtube but you also have snippets of the different topics broken up into more digestible chunks. So check that out. You can also support by checking out my book, Make Way For You, Tips For Getting Out Of Your Own Way. It's a quick short read if you're looking for some inspiration and motivation. And you can find out more about it at spuntray.com forward slash books. There you'll find a video of me telling you all how the book came to fruition, as well as a couple of audio excerpts. If you're interested, you can purchase it wherever books are sold. Kindle, iBooks, Kobo, an ebook or paperback format, which you can find on Amazon. Also, for being a Spun Today listener, I can also send you a free copy. Right there on that same landing page at sponsor.com forward slash books. Drop in your email address at the bottom of the page and I'll shoot you over a copy in the format of your choice. And that's all I got, folks. Thanks again for checking out this episode. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. <laughs>